Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Well, church, whether we've had a good Christmas and New Year, or perhaps our Christmas and New Year has not necessarily lived up to our expectations, we are in the Lord's house this morning. And we get to come and eat of the goodness of His Word and find encouragement for our souls. So Nicole's going to help us with some scriptures. This morning I'm quoting from the New King James Version of the Scriptures. So our first scripture, the Bible says in Psalm 118 verse 24, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And in Lamentations 3 verses 22 to 23, through the Lord's mercies, we are made. We are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Churches, born again believers, we do not need to wait for a New Year's Day. We get a new start with the Lord every single day. It takes a choice and it takes a decision on our part to engage with the Lord. So this morning I have the privilege and responsibility of sharing a word for us. And in some respects, it's like a double-edged sword. In the recent years, the Lord's been gracious. He's opened a few more doorways and pathways for me to minister in the word for him. And if I'm honest about it, it is not something I take lightly. It's not something we take lightly. Um, This morning, I'm reminded from scripture in James 3 verse 1. It says, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. The handling of God's word comes with a warning. Let me say that again, church. The handling of God's word comes with a warning. It's a holy thing. I'm grateful for the men and women of God who stand behind pulpits, who teach, who preach, who prophesy under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And they do that in the fear of the Lord. The Bible says in Proverbs 9 verse 10 of the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord. It's a beautiful thing. And Jesus himself knew the fear of the Lord and he delighted in it right throughout his life and ministry. If you know him and you know the fear of the Lord this morning, delight in it. You're in a good place. You are in a great place. Church, um, before we get into this message this morning and a few thoughts I'll share around our topic of prayer, there are a few things that I believe that are important to do first. As um, this is the first time I'm preaching in this church on a Sunday, it is appropriate that I share a little of our own journey and the testimony of the Lord in our lives. And that's very much related to our topic this morning on prayer. And uh, I'll relate it back to our sermon. The sharing of testimony is an important part 
and practice of our Christian faith, the sharing of testimony. Firstly, when we share testimony, we acknowledge the hand of the Lord and we give glory and honor to his name that he would be glorified. That's why we share testimony. But also when we share testimony of what the Lord has done, it lifts the faith levels of men and women who come within earshot of that testimony. When the anointing of the Holy Spirit is on that testimony, men and women will have their faith levels lifted. So Pastor Dan talked about new friends. Well, let me speak to any new friends firstly. I'm not going to embarrass anyone by asking you to show your hands or this or that. But in my mind, you're a new friend if you're here for the very first time or you've been coming along to our services in recent weeks, in recent months, just checking us out saying, are these guys the real deal or not? You're not at the place where you're saying, this place is my home church. And, and that's okay. So this morning, if you are a new friend, I want to especially welcome you on behalf of our lead pastors, Pastor Dan and Ali. Being a new friend can be quite daunting, and I know this from personal experience. My family and I walked through the front doors of this church for the first time over 21 years ago. It was the month of July. It was 2002. I remember that day. About a month prior to that, we'd actually bought um, our first home in Roos, settled on the purchase of our first home over the Campbelltown side, and we had physically moved from the Sutherland Shire in the month of June. And we had also moved from our old church, a church called Horizon at Sutherland, a church where I'd, I'd got saved and we'd been attending for many, many years. But our um, move to the MacArthur region and to this church really started about two years prior to that. So in March 2000, while still living in the Sutherland Shire, I believe that the Lord actually gave me a very specific word about this church. I recall praying and worshipping, which is what we're talking about this morning, praying and worshipping one afternoon. As I was praying, simply minding my own business, enjoying the Lord's presence as we do, the Lord put an impression in my spirit. He put an impression in my spirit. This is March 2000. Church, we know that when the Lord speaks to us, a few things take place. He marks you for life and he directs the course of your destiny. We know those moments when the Lord has spoken to us. We can pinpoint those times in our life. The Lord spoke to me here. He said this, he did this. So that was one of those moments. I haven't shared this publicly, but in that impression, there were two things the Lord put in my, dropped in my spirit. The name Adrian Gray and the name Mount Annan Church. So that was March 2000. So long before we became known as C3 New Hope, we were known as Mount Annan Church. And of course, we know Pastor Adrian, Pastor Kathy were the founding ministers of this church. Funnily enough, at the time when we moved down in June 2002 and came to this church in July 2002, we'd never met the Gray family and we didn't even know much about the church. We'd never been to the church. Um, just going to grab a bit of water. Water. 
As I reflect on the events of the years that have passed, I am convinced of a couple of things. It was the Lord who led us and the Lord who directed us to this region and this church. Church, we know that when the Lord leads and when the Lord directs, he doesn't stop there. He will plant you and he will establish you. So let me say that again. The Lord leads us. The Lord directs us. The Lord will plant you and the Lord will establish you. If we have any desire to maximize our fruitfulness, our productivity, our efficiency in our worship and service of the Lord, we need to be a people who are increasingly led, directed, planted and established by the Lord. This is the way the Lord does things. That's God's ways. Jesus himself says in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Over the years in church life, on occasion, I come across individuals and families that we get to talk to. And in the course of conversation, sometimes I get the sense that they're not tapping into that fullness that God has for them. It's not often I do when I come across individuals or families. And quite often, not always, but quite often, if you delve more closely into what's going on in their lives, this process of being led, directed, planted and established somewhere along the line is broken. So church, that is God's ways. So when we first came here, my family and I had the privilege of worshipping under the ministry of Pastor Adrian, Pastor Kathy. And a few short years later, we had the privilege of worshipping under Pastor Andrew and Pastor Claire. And uh, if you've been here for two years or more, you'll know this wonderful season we're in under the ministry of Pastor Dan and Ali Warren. And uh, it's a privilege to see the hand of the Lord upon their lives. And one of the things I love about the way they do ministries, they make it look easy. If you've been in ministry, you know it's not easy. But that's when you know they wear the grace of God. They make it look easy. And uh, they're entering their third year as lead pastors. I checked with Pastor Dan this morning, did the fact check. Um, I'm going to take a bit of license here at the moment. So as someone who's recently made it into the over 55s demographic, <laughs> Pastor Mel, you're doing an excellent job in that demographic. <laughs> yes, give her a hand. Having been here for 20 plus years and worshipped and served under three lead ministers, I'm able to make some observations in church life. And I'm going to share with you three observations. There's a lot of things, but I'm going to keep it to three. So the first observation, church, without exception, as a people of God, we have always enjoyed an open heaven under every season of leadership. An open heaven we've had. My second observation, without exception, in, in every season, the individuals and families who have been planted and established of the Lord have been greatly blessed. When we've come, when we've been planted, when we've been established, we've been blessed. 
In this room right now, there's literally hundreds and thousands of testimonies of men and women who've come and who've been blessed of the Lord. And the last observation, church, I'm convinced that in part, this open heaven and the blessings of God that have flowed into the lives of families is due to godly leadership. We've had godly leadership all the years. Church, this is something we should not take for granted. The Lord appoints men and women and places them in positions of authority over God's people to teach, train and equip us in the ways of God, in his word and to lead us into greener pastures. The spiritual authority of our leaders also positions them to release blessings of God into our lives. Blessings. When we honour God's leaders, we're actually positioning ourselves to receive more of the fullness of the Lord's blessings that flows from their ministry. So church, when we honour God's leaders, we make our leader's job easy, but we're doing it for ourselves as well. It's about positioning. It's about positioning. Pastor Ali, I love your preaching. I'm a fan. I love your preaching. And uh, one of the things that you've done when you've preached is you shared a little of your own journey in this church. You've been a part of this church for many years. You talked about how you came to this church many years ago because your mum, Miriam, brought you. Mum brought you with your sister, Amanda, and your brother, James. Now, I'm a church father, a church parent. I've got four children. I do know what it's like to deal with the odd tantrum or so when you try to get your kids into the car to come to church on a Sunday. So I honour the faith and the persistence of parents like Miriam and grandparents who've led by example, bringing their families into the house of the Lord because you've prayed over your kids. You've prayed over your kids. You've brought them to church. And uh, my own journey in salvation in the Lord was around a ha about half a lifetime ago, so in my very late 20s. And it was due in part to the fact that I had also had a praying, believing mum who took her two children to church. Mum's not here this morning. She's at home. She's unwell. Uh, but my mum came to the Lord a few years before I did. And when she came to the Lord, the Lord put a burden in her heart to pray for her husband and for her two children. And in the last 30 years, my younger sister and I and my father, we've all come to the Lord. Our family is literally one of millions of families around the globe that can testify to the salvation of the Lord. I believe that I get to stand here this morning because of my mum's prayers. We're talking about prayer this morning. I'm living, breathing proof that a mum's prayers. I, I have a very special place for mums and grandmas. I'm looking around at the mums and grandmas. You have no idea how powerful your prayers are. Your prayers change destinies. Dads and grandfathers, don't, don't get offended with me. Don't. <laughs> your prayers are also powerful, but I do have a very special place for mums and grandmas. Like Pastor Ali, our mums did the right thing. That's why we're here. That's why we're here.
Um, talking about my dad, I actually had the privilege and the blessing of leading my dad to the Lord. It was September 2018. My father, he was about 78 at the time. Dad's still with us. He'd had a stroke and he was in hospital, Campbelltown Hospital, recovering. Mum and I had gone to visit him that night. Mum had stepped out to talk to the doctors and nurses, which is probably a good thing. And in the course of conversation with dad, the spirit of God moved in such a way that he opened my dad's heart and dad gave his heart to the Lord that night. So that was September 2018. And it's... That's something I'll never forget. Mum and Dad, they celebrate their 57th wedding anniversary later this month. Um, Pastor Dan mentioned that he's known me and I've known him for a few years. I've actually known Pastor Dan from the days he was Mr. Warren when he was in the college. So for those of you who don't know, before Pastor Dan was lead pastor, campus pastor, he was a teacher in our college and um, he taught my kids. So my oldest two, Daniel and Grace were taught by Pastor Dan. Um, like many of our church volunteers, I get to do a few things behind the scenes in church life. Um, being behind the scenes is actually a good place. You get to know people for who they are. And uh, I, I, I enjoy the interaction I have with Pastor Dan. I'll tell you a few things about him. He's a genuine, humble man of God. Let me tell you, he's a humble man of God. He's a great husband, father, and a great leader. He's a great leader, church. We are blessed. Well, this morning I've shared with you three specific testimonies from my own life. And these are all things that were initiated in prayer. It started off in prayer. And something released in the spirit. So this morning I want to talk about this thing called the gold in prayer. Gold as in G-O-L-D, a precious metal. So the, the Britannica Dictionary defines prayer as an act of communication by humans with the sacred or holy, God, the gods, the transcendent realm or supernatural powers. So the word prayer itself is not actually exclusive to Christians. We don't actually have some kind of trademark on that word prayer. It's actually used also outside the Christian world. So when we speak of Christian prayer, it is framed in the context of Scripture itself, which forms our worldview. We believe that the Bible is the Word of God. That's who we are. That's what we are. The Bible is the lens with which we perceive the world. That's what we believe. So I'm going to give you five quick facts about the Bible the Bible has 66 books written by different authors, written in different geographical places, written at different times, and written in different languages. It's a tremendous amount of diversity in the Scriptures. Against this backdrop of the diversity in Scriptures, there is a unity, which is the beauty of the Scriptures. That unity is the thread that binds the scriptures together from Genesis through to Revelation. So that common thread is the progressive revelation of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And we know the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven found its ultimate expression in the life and the ministry of our Savior, Lord and Master Jesus Christ. 
So when Jesus walked the face of this planet, he manifested the kingdom of God, the kingdom of it. He embodied it. He embodied it. Now, I'm about to make a couple of statements. The disclaimer here, these are not political statements, so please don't email Pastor Dan in the week and, and complain about my preaching. When Jesus walked the face of this planet, he wasn't a Christian man. He was a Jew. He, he was a practicing Jew. He was a teacher and he was a prophet under the law of Moses. So Jesus was a Jew and he came from a place called the nation of Israel. The Jews and the nation of Israel have been around for thousands of years. So our connection with the kingdom of heaven is made possible only through the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the word who became flesh and made his dwelling among us. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is a line of thought in the world that all roads lead to Rome. When you come back to the scriptures, that's actually not the case. The Bible makes it very, very clear. And in John 1.12, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. That's our spiritual birthright. Amen? You need to know your identity. When we know our identity, we'll know our inheritance. So if we were to take a church-wide survey, say this week, amongst our members, we should out a survey for our reasons for praying. We would likely get a wide variety of responses. Some of our responses would include, we pray to have our needs met. Amen. Amen. We pray to be close to the Lord, to know that he's close to us and to know him. Amen. Amen. We pray for knowledge, understanding and wisdom. Amen. Amen. We pray for salvation, healing, deliverance, wholeness, prosperity amongst so many other things and many, many other reasons. And all of these reasons for praying would be biblically, scripturally, doctrinally, and theologically sound and correct. All of them would be correct. But church, I'm about to say something to you that might sound a little irreverent. So please bear with me and just hold the judgment for a moment. We're talking about prayer. Prayer in and of itself is a means to an end. It's not an end in itself. So let me say that again. Prayer in and of itself is a means to an end, not an end to its, in itself. Sometimes when we're dealing with the things of the Spirit, we may not always have the right words to articulate what it is that we're seeking, what it is that we're searching. So I want to put some thoughts to you this morning, put some suggestions to you. Is it possible that in prayer there is something much more precious than all of our reasons for praying? A gold, if you like. There is a gold in prayer that we are ultimately pursuing and seeking. And perhaps this gold that we are searching for 
can be better described as the presence of God. The presence of God. The presence of God will ultimately satisfy most, if not all, of our reasons for praying. The presence of God. I remember a number of years ago when I started to get a sense of this thing called the presence of God. And I asked the Lord in prayer, I said, Lord, speak to me, help me to understand this. This is what I believe the Lord said to me. He said, my people say my presence is important. I said, yes, Lord, we do. He stopped me. He said, my presence is not important. He said, my presence is everything. My presence is everything. The older I've got, I purpose to increasingly simplify my life. Uh, I don't think it's a midlife crisis or anything like that. I think it's as you get older, hopefully wiser, you start to reassess your priorities. And you think, let's focus on the things that are actually important, not the things that are always urgent. And I try to live my life with fewer and fewer rules, but things that are actually important. So this is one of the rules I live by. The knowledge that there are some things we can control in life and the knowledge there are some things we cannot control in life and to have the wisdom and the discernment to know the difference. To know the difference. Spare me a sec. Church, our personal and corporate commitment in prayer is something we do have control over. We actually do have control over that. We don't control God, but we do control what we do with our time and our energy. And it's one of the few things we can do to actually activate the presence of God in our lives. And I believe that this is the ultimate reason why we are praying, to access and activate the presence of God. As I was seeking the Lord in prayer in preparation for this message this morning, I could not get away from the sense that it is not possible to have a genuine and legitimate discussion about Christian prayer and keep it separate from a talk about the presence of God. So I won't even try. So let's talk very quickly about the presence of God itself. This is the goal that we're after in prayer. So when we come to pray, that's ultimately what we're wanting. That's ultimately what we're seeking, the presence of God. So a few things the Bible tells us about the presence of God. The first one, the presence of God was what Jesus acknowledged first at the commencement of his public ministry. And I think um, the scripture of Luke 4, verse 18 and 19 will come up. In in that passage of scripture, Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. So Jesus acknowledged the presence of God right at the start of his ministry. So the presence, the second thing, the presence of God will actually increase our personal fruitfulness, productivity and efficiency. The presence of God will actually do that in your life. How many of you know the story of Elijah and Elisha? So there's a great scripture there, 2 Kings 2 verse 9 and 10. And it talks about how Elisha asked Elijah for a double portion 
of the anointing that was upon Elijah. What do you mean a double portion? (laughs) We're talking about the things of the Spirit. Here you have a peculiar quality that the Spirit was actually quantifiable. Other parts of Scripture, it talks about Jesus. It says the Spirit was upon him without limit. But here Elisha received a double portion of the Spirit that was upon Elijah. So this one's for all the Bible historians and theologians. If you study Elijah and Elisha's ministry, Elisha had twice as many signs, wonders, and miracles recorded in his ministry. Now, the Bible doesn't explicitly say that it had to do with the double portion, but I suggest that that's a possibility. So the presence of God increases personal fruitfulness, productivity, and efficiency. The third thing, born-again believers as Christians, do you know that we are the only ones on the face of this planet that have the legal spiritual right to access and activate the presence of God? We're the only ones. Sometimes we live in the world. We look at what the world has. We compare. We covet. We want what's in the world. Church, the world doesn't have access to the presence of God the way we do. They can, but they don't. Christians are the only ones who've got the legal spiritual right to access and activate the presence of God. The Bible says in Romans 5 verses 1 and 2, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and, in ro- and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The presence of God through prayer will do many more things in our life and it's beyond the scope of this message this morning to talk about all of it. We could preach on it for the next 10 years. But here are just a few things. So we know we talk about Christianity. Christianity is not about bad men becoming good men, but it's about dead men becoming alive. As we encounter the transforming power of the living Christ and the presence of God flowing into our lives. When the presence of God flows into our lives, it will put purpose and power in your walk and witness. It will put power and purpose in our walk and witness. The presence of God will transform our lives, marriages, families, communities. The presence of God will bring favor and blessing upon the work of your hands. The presence of God brings order to our world and pushes back the works of evil. Make no mistake about that, church. One of the reasons why this world continues to exist is because of the presence of God. It's the presence of God that's preserving. Church, as we draw to a close this morning, I believe that the question for us is not whether we should or should not have prayer lives. 
I think in some respects it's, it's almost irrelevant. Let us free ourselves this morning from the pressure of religious, legalistic and well church expectations we sometimes put on ourselves about our prayer lives. And let our love for the Lord captivate our hearts and minds as we pursue him in prayer. We're talking about prayer this morning, church. I want to put something to you. Perhaps the question is, what value do we place on the presence of God? Do we want the presence of God in our lives and our world? And what price are we willing to pay in the sacrifice and commitment of our time and energy to access the presence of God in our lives through prayer? Church, prayer is the place that we will access and activate the presence of God. And that's the reason why we pray. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Thank you.